0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world, church service, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Now, before we receive the tithes and the offerings today, I want to read a verse to you from Psalm 2. And let's go down to verse 8. Ask of me, and I will give you the nation's For your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession, praise the Lord, my friends. We have asked the Lord in prayer. I have done this over the years, and the Lord is now giving us the nations. Praise God. Well, the ministry that God has given to me was incorporated in the state of California in the year 1998. Now, of course, I was already ministering at that time, but we made it official, and we were incorporated at that time. And of course, any time you incorporate, you have to have a name. Praise the Lord. And so the name came to me instantly by the Holy Spirit, and I knew it would not be Stephen Brooks Local or Stephen Brooks Regional, but that the ministry that God had for me and those that would be a part of it would reach around the world. Praise God. And it's very important that if you believe that, that you speak that. And that's what we have done. And that's why I even gave it that name, Stephen Brooks International, because this ministry is called to go to the nations. Now, this is very important. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So over the years, while starting in a sense locally, I would continue to minister, and then things began to open up more, and very soon God began to open up the nations. How did He do it? He did it through television, and then people in other countries, such as pastors, they saw those interviews, they saw those talks, and they said, Pastor Stephen, please come here uh, to our nation and minister to us, and we have been going ever since. And because of God's grace, we have continued to stay focused. And now God is opening up uh, larger doors for us to speak the good word of faith to people around the world. Praise God. Now, just a few days ago on July the 14th, 2023, we signed the new contract to go on the air with GEB, Golden Eagle Broadcasting, and GEB Asia. And my friends, the combined satellite footprints of going on this uh, amazing network now uh, gives us the potential, through this network alone, to reach a potential viewing audience of over 2 billion people. Praise God, and to God be all the glory, and thank you also so much for your financial support and partnership with this ministry. By the way, if you would like to watch the half-hour program that airs every single week on the GEB Network, it airs Monday morning at 6 o'clock, and that's Central Time. That's because it's based out of Oklahoma. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that would be uh, on DirecTV, channel 363. So it's wonderful that even here in America, uh, as God has already allowed us to be on the DirecTV, uh, you know, which has many uh, different networks, but we're already on there. But to get multiple layering is a great blessing because many people in America, millions upon millions, uh, they are subscribed to DirecTV. TV. So we are now also on channel 363 at that Monday morning 6 o'clock slot. Praise God. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the amazing thing about being on GEB Asia is that it uplinks to the uh, Asia Sat 5 and that footprint reaches all the way from Russia all the way down to New Zealand and it covers all the way from Japan all the way across to the Middle East. And this is very important. It's the most watched English language, uh, English language satellite in the world. Wow, praise the Lord. So you have many people, uh, you know, especially in Asia, they really like to learn English as a second language. And I actually, coming out uh, just uh, as a sophomore at college, I wanted to just drop college and go off to um Asia, particularly Taiwan, and teach English as a secondary language, but I uh, kind of delayed on that. Uh, that never really worked out, although I have been to Taiwan multiple times to actually preach the gospel. We always have wonderful meetings when we go over there. But it's very important to understand that this satellite covers the most densely populated region on the entire face of the earth. Whoa! Praise God! Hallelujah! Thank you! Thank you, my friends, as together we are reaching around the world. Now, because of your faithful giving, let me give you a little bit of a sum total. Our potential viewing audience can now watch my weekly messages on the combined networks. We now have a potential viewing audience that surpasses every week 3 billion people. Lift your hands and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know so many of you have a part in that. Woo. Glory to God. And yes, we will share, absolutely share in the heavenly rewards together. Thank you for helping me to send the good message of the power of God's word, faith in God's word, and a salvation altar call at the conclusion of every message. Thank you for helping me to send that all over the world. Praise God. Now, on July the 14th, we also, we weren't done. We also signed on with WMYT, Channel 12, which covers all of Charlotte, North Carolina. Amen. Of course, we love our state in which we live. We, We think this is one of the most beautiful states in the nation. And I tell you what, it's great to be now beaming uh, out of Charlotte every Sunday morning. Whoa, 7:30 prime time! Praise God, 7:30 in the morning Eastern Time uh, on WMYT, and that is one of the most popular channels in Charlotte. And by the way, that's a secular channel; it's not a Christian uh, station. So. <laughs> We're going fishing, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> fishing for souls. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I am so thankful. I'm so thankful to you for your support. Again, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And while we are hitting that Asia area very, very strongly, uh, I am Uh, I'm just thrilled in my spirit that we now also on that uh, giant satellite uh, beaming down. We also now cover all of Oceania. Woo. So while I have never been in person to French Polynesia or Tahiti or Bora Bora, although I've always wanted to go, I will now be there every single week preaching the gospel over all of the islands of Oceania. Praise God. Thank you for sending me through satellite television to the nations of the earth, because I can't do it alone. We are in this together. We will share in the rewards together eternally. Mm -mm. Now let me show you a picture here again is the beautiful picture of our field of dreams. This, my friends, what you're looking at is the pad site that was cleared by one of our ministry partners. It was cleared, shaped, and developed. And uh, he is a professional land developer. Uh, that beautiful job that you see there, that pad site, he did all of that at no cost to the ministry. And this is where our brand new television studio and administrative offices are going to be built. And, of course, they're located in a very strategic place. We are right next to the airport, woo! Praise God, and it is a very beautiful airport. Now, what has also happened is that one of our ministry partners, who is a businessman, he sees what God is doing, and he said uh, he contacted me and said, Pastor Stephen, who is your architect and who is designing your building? And I said, Well, why do you ask? And uh, he was asking because. He volunteered to cover all of the expenses so that a professional architect who has already designed churches and other commercial properties can design exactly what we need. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he's paying for all of it. Amen. And as many of you know, a fully licensed professional architect, uh, they don't come cheap, but God has touched his heart to uh, cover all of that expense. So what we're designing and what we're building is exactly what we need. Uh, Nobody else will have this design, this look, this layout. Amen. My friends, this is the work of the Lord. Now let me go further just a few days ago. And I mean, I mean literally not even weeks ago, just a few days ago, God spoke to one of our precious ministry partners And God spoke to her and said uh, to her that he wanted her to give as an offering the $80,000 that she had saved in her account. Please listen very carefully that she had saved in her account that she was going to use as a down payment on a home. And God spoke to her and said, take that $80,000 and sow it into the ministry of Stephen Brooks International so that that land gets paid off, put the money towards paying off of that land. And you know what? She obeyed the Lord. And on top of that, she has pledged an additional $20,000 to go towards the paying off of the remaining balance on the land. Now, that brings the current balance on the land down to sixty-eight. dollars thousand dollars praise God my friends that dear woman she understands something about sacrificial giving Um, she had that money she wanted to purchase a home but God spoke to her and she gave every bit of it unto the Lord praise God thank you Lord Jesus my wife got a prophetic word for her that what she had done was in a sense, the same thing that the woman did who broke the alabaster jar and poured the fragrant perfume upon the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to say something very, very clearly. And I, I I pray that you would take this to heart. The kingdom of God moves forward and legacies and blessings Uh, I'm talking about lifetime destiny blessings. These things are established through the altar of sacrificial giving. And I want to share something further that if your offering does not move you, it does not move God and it does not qualify as a sacrificial offering. There are people, they give good offerings, but the fact of the matter is, and God knows So often when people give, they give in a sense where the offering is not even missed. They didn't even feel it. They gave it so comfortably. Why? They have a a great self-reliance in their reserves or what they have set apart. And while there's nothing wrong with having savings, nothing at all. There are many people though, that is where their complete security lies. You know, if you ever feel bored and you you think, well, maybe I should take up skydiving, maybe I should uh, do something more adventurous and get into bungee jumping off of ravine cliffs, or maybe I should go down to Acapulco, Mexico, and be a cliff diver and dive hundreds of feet into a little bitty pool of water. No, 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 no. Let let me tell you what you need to come alive: a sacrificial offering. Boy, you talking about hair raising, uh, uh blood jolting, uh, whoa, gl- Lord, you just told me what? Hallelujah. Amen. It's where few dare to tread, which is also why there are not that many in heaven who have memorials that are built because of the giving that they did upon the earth. Woo. Praise God. Amen. You know, um, I was listening to a really good minister. He just returned from a, a a trip to Africa, and he said that he visited Bishop David Oyedipo's church. And uh, because he's a known minister, he was sitting up front. But he happened to visit during the time that uh, Bishop Oyedipo was receiving a very special sacred offering for the work of the Lord, and. As this offering was being received, the, uh, this American minister said, I could look around and I could see people with tears coming down their cheeks as, they, uh, as the bishop said, hold up now your offering before the Lord. And there were people holding up literally what was going to be uh, a down payment upon a home, but God called for it. There were people holding up the money that they were going to use to buy a car or the money that they were going to use to remodel their home. And God called for it and they're holding it up as a holy sacrificial offering. And this American minister said, my God, how can I stand here without doing something? But he said, how could I also lift my hand up with a hundred dollar offering? Knowing, knowing that they're sacrificing to a degree that I mean, they could feel it and how dare somebody hold up something and pretend it's a sacrifice when it's not. So he said, I, I didn't have my checkbook on me and I, I couldn't just hold up a $20 bill and say, count me in because that's being a complete fake. So he said, there was only one thing I could do. He said, I took off the only thing I had on me a value, a value. I took off the Rolex watch and held it up (laughs) because he could feel that and he took it off and he put it into the offering. Oh, here in America, somehow we have gotten this funny feeling that if we maybe uh, give God $50, we want all the angels to do cartwheels and we want God to fall off his throne backwards. And we want suddenly to reap a million return, uh, harvest, uh, my, my, my friends, as if these things uh, are somehow moving the god of the universe when we we give these presentations but they don't even cost us anything we can replace that in a week woo praise the lord amen these are divine opportunities not to help god out as if god needs help these are divine opportunities for our lifting Mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. I had a husband and wife uh, call me on the phone one day. Uh, Pastor Stephen, can we come over to your office? You know, they were members of my church. And I said, um, yeah, come over. I said, what's going on? They said, oh, we were having a disagreement. Maybe you can help us out. <laughs> I said, well, come on down to the office. I'm actually here. In my office just come on down. So they came down to my office. And uh, I said, so they sat down, you know, in front of my desk. I said, so what's going on? Please uh, don't miss this story. They said, um, Pastor Stephen, we're having an agreement, uh, excuse me, a disagreement. And we want your input. We would, we would like for you to uh, be the deciding uh, factor that will settle this. I said, well, what in the world has happened? Well, God has spoken to us to give an offering. We heard a man of God. Now I happen to know that man of God really well, Uh, ministered many times with him before, things like that. They said, we heard this man of God that he's receiving an offering and God has spoken to us that we're supposed to vote. We're supposed to, as a husband and wife, give into it. Uh, The problem is we're, we're each getting a different number. So I said to the husband, I said, well, what do you feel God wants you to do? He said, $5,000. I looked at the wife. Now, now let me say this. The man, the husband is a good man, saved, loves Jesus, filled with the spirit, but doesn't really have like a prayer life. He knows prayer is very important, but he does not have that anointing flow to be sharp in the spirit. So he said $5,000. And I looked at the wife who was a noted woman of prayer and uh, not, not perfect, not, you know, there's no perfect person except for Jesus. But I did know that she had a very strong prayer life. I said, what, the, what do you feel that God told you that y'all are supposed to get? She said, a hundred thousand dollars. So it's either supposed to be 5,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. I said, well, I said, of course, it's supposed to be a hundred thousand dollars. I sense that very easily from the Lord. And the husband just laughed. And he started laughing. He said, all right, Pastor Stephen. And he said, I really do believe that's the right thing to do. Just by my head, it's giving me a real hard time with it. I said, that's your head. But your heart says it's right. Right? He said, yeah. He said, I know it's supposed to be $100,000. They, so they both started laughing. They both started laughing. And they they get, they uh, they said, we'll pull this offering together. And I actually called the minister. I said, get ready. You're about to get a blessing of hundred dollars Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And they sold it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But sometimes there is the natural element where we are in the self-preservation. And he was not about to give more than five. Why? You've got to watch out for number one, Pastor Stephen. But when God says, let it go, God's not trying to deplete you. He's actually trying to bless you. Mm -mm. Thank God that they let it go and position themselves for blessings praise God very quickly very quickly mark chapter 14 uh, mark chapter 14 verse 3 and being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper as he sat at the table a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil a spikenard okay so you can you could read this in commentaries across the board everybody agrees. That spikenard that she had in that alabaster container was worth one year's wages. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. And, and if you break it, you can't seal it back up. It's a one and done. If you break it, the moment you break it, the fragrance is going to start to come out, and you have to release that oil then. Wow. This is an extravagant uh, gift. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. Wow. An anointing. An anointing. Verse 6, but Jesus said, let her alone. There, There were complainers. People complained about it. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. Notice her name is never mentioned. There are three different types of anointings that Jesus received. We know that one was by Mary. Okay. But this one, this woman is actually not mentioned. But look what Jesus said. She has done a good work for me. Verse 8, she has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her and I have read from ministers who had who have had heavenly uh, visits they have actually seen memorials that are established for people that gave while they were on the earth in divinely orchestrated offerings Mm-mm. praise the Lord so my friends, the kingdom of God moves forward on the altar of of sacrifice. The tithe belongs to God. We're going to bring the tithe to the Lord, okay? But there are those special times when the Holy Spirit is moving, and I want to give you an opportunity to sow into the field of dreams so that we get this field paid off, and it's debt-free. Praise God. There's only 68K to go. Now, if you would like to do something to be involved, lift your hands right now. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are listening and your spirit is moving woo, about doing something of sacrifice. Speak to them right now, what the number is, what the amount is right now. Let husbands and wives come into agreement. Thank you, Father God. Now we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you. We ask that you would seal that number. We thank you that you are by your spirit. We thank you that it has sacrifice wrapped all around it. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now do what the Lord has shown you to do. Praise God. Now, if it takes maybe a couple days or something like that to pull it together, let me know it's coming. Go ahead and make your commitment. Let me know that it's coming in. Shoot me an email. Contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But my friends, let's be sincere. Let's not, uh, let's not act like we've done something uh, very sacrificial when we didn't even feel it. Praise the Lord. Now I've had various times in my life where I've given all. One time I did give $4, but it's all I had. And I was almost in starvation mode (laughs) and there actually broke out like a, an argument between a, a demon and an angel that were like both on one side of my shoulders, one screaming saying, don't do it, you'll starve. The other say, do it. This is the Lord. Obey the Lord. And uh, I caught, I caught a very deep revelation, which was what Pastor Stephen. It was that I was already starving. So why not just go ahead and obey God? (laughs) And I took the four $1 bills. It was the, even, uh, even the other experiences that I've had, that was the greatest one I ever gave because I was homeless. I was almost starving. I'd been homeless for so long. I didn't even know time became uh non-existent to me. I didn't know it. I didn't even really, I lost track of days. I lost track of months. Everything felt, felt like I'd fallen off the edge of the world, but that was the miracle moment. God brought me out. Now, today, I stand behind the pulpit and minister to multitudes around the world, to over 200 nations every single week. If your offering does not move you, it's not a sacrifice. And trust me, it certainly won't move God. The kingdom of God is built on the altar of sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Amen. I look forward to hearing from you. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Pretty exciting, right? Trust me. I know the feeling. Amen. as even Pastor Kelly and I, even still uh, in our modern day, there are times we we give it all. Uh, Yeah. After you've done something like that, you don't need any more excitement during the day. Hallelujah. But God keeps blessing and blessing. Amen. Now. Let's also honor the Lord with the tithe. The tithe belongs to Him. Let's bring it in now. Praise God. If you are mailing in your tithe and your special seed towards the pain of this land, send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code 28654. Mm-mm. I had a precious woman of God give me an offering one time, the largest offering she'd ever given in her life. The largest offering, her whole existence on the planet for almost eight decades. It was the largest offering she ever gave. When she gave it, she was like this. Her hand was literally had a check in it. It's literally like this, but she gave it praise God. And she died shortly right after that. Some of you are heaping it up, heaping it up, and heaping it up. It serve you right. If God took you up in the rapture, all of it got left behind, because then you certainly can't do anything with it. And you'd be thinking, wow, I sure wish I'd have done some giving some more while I was on the earth, and just gave little token gifts to the Lord. I'm, I'm really talking to some today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you are bringing it in online, please visit the ministry website, Brooks. .org. Now, on the homepage, there's a header up top. It says give online. You can click that. And there's a little drop-down menu. It says fund F-U-N-D. Click that and you'll actually see the link for Field of Dreams. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Steve, I'm poor. I don't have anything to give. Paul bragged on the Christians in Macedonia and said out of their deep poverty, and I I doubt if there's very few that I'm speaking to that are actually in deep poverty. Paul said out of their deep poverty, their love for the gospel, their love for Psalm uh, 2, verse 8, their love to see the lost won the Christ compelled them to give abundantly. They actually gave their way out of poverty. Mm -mm. Lord, we give you praise. All right. Lift up your offering to the Lord. Father, I thank you as we receive the tithes. I thank you as we receive a sacred sacrificial offering. I thank you. There are those that are literally breaking in a sense, their alabaster jar. Because you're calling for it. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. You're going to establish something of a legacy blessing in their life. You're going to establish some things in their life that only you can do. Because it's not by might nor by power. It's by your spirit. Now, Father, we thank you. Seal this holy act of love. Seal this holy act of reckless abandonment love, not reckless giving, reckless love. Seal it, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your giving. And thank you for helping us to continue to reach out with the good news of Jesus, I believe everybody needs to hear it. There are many around the earth. They've never heard it. Now, once they hear it and faith comes by hearing, and we're going to keep ministering it to them. Well, that decision is theirs, but they at least deserve the right to hear it. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. Father, bless your people. Bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Praise the Lord today. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and go now to the book of Ecclesiastes. We're moving over to Ecclesiastes. And I'd like for us to drop down to verse 10. I want to talk about the anointing oil, your enthronement, and your sealing, the S-E-A-L, I-N-G, the sealing of your enthronement through the anointing oil. Mm -mm. Now, Father, open the understanding, I pray, of your people that as your words fall upon their ears, that it go into their heart, that it go into their spirit, and begin the beautiful transformation, the metamorphosis of the renewing of their mind. Now, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we pray. And together we say, amen. Woo, praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 5. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, as an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity. That's really kind of weird. While the rich sit in a lowly place. I have seen servants on horses. That's kind of backwards, isn't it? While princes walk on the ground like servants. Now, this is very interesting because Solomon calls this evil. He said, there is an evil I have seen under the sun. Well, it's certainly out of order, but uh, Solomon also calls it evil. My friends, unfortunately, this is the picture of some Christians even. Why? Why? They, they represent through their life, a failure to manifest the redemption package that Jesus paid the highest price for them to experience. So we could say in some ways, this is the failure of the Christian to manifest his redemption. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus well, Pastor Stephen, what would be a picture, a proper picture of my redemption? Well, we can see it in Revelation chapter 5. Let's jump over there. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, you're looking at the finished work of Christ and what it presents for you to walk in. Here it is. It speaks of how Jesus It says, He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Yes, Pastor Stephen, when we get to heaven, we're going to reign. Yes. No, reign on the earth. Now notice this, and have made us. This is past tense. This is not future tense. This is already accomplished. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. The Holy Spirit really wants to work with your mind in the area of you developing an awareness and a consciousness of your spiritual birthright, of what actually happened when you were born again. Translate it from the kingdom of darkness. To the kingdom of God's dear son. Yes. Moved out of spiritual darkness into the kingdom of light. Yes. But also moved out of this position of being spiritually bankrupt where now God sees you as a son, as a daughter, as a king in the earth. Wow. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I could probably hang with you maybe on Being viewed as a child of God, daughter of God, you know, son of God. But uh, this king thing, um, my mind struggles with that. That's why you have to let the word of God wash and renew your mind until a consciousness of your true spiritual birthright begins to come into manifestation. Thank you, Jesus. The truth, my friends, is that you have been redeemed to reign On the earth, and one of the major functions of the anointing is to enable you to stand in your office of calling. The anointing of the Holy Spirit enables you to enjoy, actually, to enjoy your royalty. Mm -mm. You know, uh, just a couple of years ago, my wife and I were ministering in London, England. And by the way, for those of you that are in the UK, we. We'll be back in London ministering in September. I'll have those dates up on the website very soon. I think it's like the 20th through the 25th, but it's right around that time frame of September 2023. So we're coming back. But the last time I was there, um, you know, we took some extra product with us. And we know books and CDs and things like that. So we had extra luggage. And when we arrived at the hotel, we got checked in. And um, uh, this hotel was a little bit different. There was not a porter, at least at the moment, standing there to help with the luggage. So I just thought, I'll take it up uh, to the room. So I struggled to get it into the elevator and then get it out. And I start going down the hallway. And the hallway had real thick carpet. Now, it was a very nice hotel. But as many of you know, uh, oftentimes in Europe, Uh, the hotels are smaller. It's like everything kind of gets scrunched. The rooms can be smaller, and the hallway was smaller. So I'm trying to pull all this luggage through the hallway, and I'm banging into this and banging into that. And it's also getting real heavy. And I start to get a little frustrated. And on the inside, the Holy Spirit rose up on the inside of me and just said, stop. That's not the way kings do it. Woo! Well, I stopped. Stopped. And uh, that that just relieved me instantly. I just felt better instantly. And right when I stopped, uh, there was a a hotel employee that made the turn and started walking down the hall where I was at. And I said, excuse me, could you possibly help me get this luggage to my room? And the person said, I'd love to. And came over and grabbed one of the things of luggage, uh, grabbed one of the suitcases and began to pull it. And we began to talk. And I said, what is your position? Here at the hotel. And the lady said, I'm the general manager over the entire hotel. I said, Thank you so much for uh, helping me to get all of this to my room. And she said, It's my honor, it's my joy. Oh, my friends. What a blessing, what a difference from me struggling and sweating and banging in everything and stuff falling over to now everything's easy and peaceful. And I'm getting to meet a nice person and having a good conversation. Oh, praise God. It is the, it's the Royal mindset. It is the re, it's the reality of knowing your true spiritual birthright. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, in Israel, no king, there's no exception, no king reigned without oil being poured on that person's head. Mm. Let, that, let that soak in, just like the oil would into the pores of your skin and, your, and the hair on your head. Let that soak in just for a moment. No king reigned in Israel without oil being poured on his head. What establishes royalty is the pouring of oil on the one who is being enthroned. That's what establishes it. That's, that is the key act of establishing royalty. It's what Pastor Stephen? It's the pouring of the oil on the head. This is powerful. Please follow very closely today. 1 Samuel chapter 10 Let's go down to verse 1, and I want you to notice something interesting about the anointing of King Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, that would be Saul, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. Wow. My friends, that is the moment that Saul was anointed. How? With a flask of oil that was poured on his head. Now, let's go over to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. We know that Saul blew it really, really bad. God was very gracious. Uh, God did not make any demands Upon Saul, that he would not make upon any normal leader who needs to have certain qualities and characteristics about his life in order to lead and govern properly. But Saul blew it really, really bad. So it's time for a replacement. And we see this now in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning? over Israel. Fill your horn, not your flask. This is going to be a different type of anointing. Not your flask, fill your horn with oil. Now, that would have been the horn of an animal, a shofar. And so, that horn is now filled with oil. The horn always was a representation of power. So, David is not so much getting a legislative or executive type of anointing. He's going to get a power anointing. This is going to be the warrior king. Watch out. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) God's got an anointing just for your calling. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah, that anointing oil is the seal of kingly enthronement, and it comes upon the head of the individual, and something's going to come upon you, amen, to seal your enthronement, the anointing, the equipping that you need. Praise God forever. Now, the prophet Elijah was actually commissioned by God to anoint, to pour oil oil on the heads of three different individuals. Look at this. This is fascinating. Let's go now to 1 Kings chapter 19. And let's drop down to verse, well, let's go to verse 15. We know that Elijah's been having a tough time, but God's giving him some vacation time. God is uh, refiring him, as we would say. And giving him some assignments, verse fifteen. Then the Lord said to him, that would be Elijah, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. So the capital, the capital of Syria, would be Damascus, and he has now been given a charge to anoint Haziel as king over. Syria. That's the first anointing assignment that he has. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. Now, what would be the symbol, the, the knowing of others that Jehu is king? The, uh, the anointing, the moment he's anointed. And look at this, God's not done yet. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Maḥola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. My goodness, three separate, distinct anointings. Praise God. Elijah had that special assignment of anointing those three men with oil. Why? To establish their own unique enthronements. Praise God. God has a throne for you, not a toilet. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Some of you have been sitting on the toilet. Come contemplating with woe and misery your situation, and you need to get up off that toilet and say, I'm not called to sit on a toilet. I'm called to sit on a throne. Hallelujah. Praise God, which is a lot more comfortable. Amen. Glory to God. Don't sit there bemoaning your situation on the toilet. Get up. Amen. You're not destined to the toilet. You're destined to the throne. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> oh, the anointing can change your situation overnight. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, let's look at the, the life of Elisha, the prophet. 2 Kings chapter 9. And this would be verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 3. And this is the instruction for Elisha the prophet. Verse 1. Let's start in verse 1. And Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready. Take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. Now when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in. And make him rise up from among his associates and take him to an inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. Mm -mm. And he did it. Then he arose and went into the house and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. Now look at verse, uh, this would be verse 12, actually verse 11, Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? See, if you want to be a prophet, you have to be prepared to be misunderstood sometimes, even when you are 100% directly in the will of God. Mm-mm. Why did this bad man come to you? And he said to them, Do you know the man in his babble? And they said, A lie, tell us now to me. Excuse me, tell us now. So he said, Thus and thus spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. That was the seal of his enthronement. What, Pastor Stephen? The anointing of oil upon the head. Mm -mm. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps. And they blew trumpets saying, Jehu is king. Praise God. And I say over your life today that you are a king, but you must believe it. And you must develop a royalty consciousness, not an arrogant consciousness, a consciousness of humility, while at the same time recognizing you are a king's kid. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You do know that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And sometimes we sing those songs. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. My friends, he's the king over the king's Th- those are his children. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord over the lords. We are kings and lords in his eyes. And he wants us to believe that and act upon that so that there is proper enthronement. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. Then Athaliah, the mother of Ahijah saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehoshabah, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahazah, took Joash, the son of Ahazah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah, so that he was not killed. Now, verse 12. See, now they're going to bring the king out. He's been in hiding all this time, and they bring him out. And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. That would be the law. And they made him king and anointed him. You may have the crown, but it doesn't mean much without the anointing. It's the anointing, my friends, that makes all the difference. Not a title! Not a title. It's not in the name. It's in the empowerment. Whoo, praise God. That's what gets the job done. Thank you, Lord. They made him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. And may long be your reign. Hallelujah. May long be your reign upon the earth. Concerning what God has called you to accomplish and carry out and do for his glory. And you're going to get it done. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Very quickly, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I want to share a few things and then I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. And he called the twelve to him, to himself, and began to send them out two by two. And gave them power over unclean spirits. Verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. We need to still preach that today. That made a few of you a little bit nervous. One I just read from the Bible. But you're supposed to repent and turn away from sin. Not still keep living in it. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil. Many who were sick and healed them. God hasn't changed one bit. There is still the anointing of oil. Praise God. Nothing ever is going to get accomplished solely on strength, ability, energy, and intellect, because it's not by might nor power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anytime we're talking about the anointing, The oil, we are talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's begin to conclude and understand that only the ones who are anointed will reign. Mm. We are all potential kings, but it takes the anointing for your enthronement to manifest. It takes the anointing. Woo. Praise God. The anointing oil is actually for the seal of your enthronement. Praise the Lord. The purpose of the anointing oil is to clear out of your way obstacles, barriers, strong hindrances. The anointing oil will clear those things out of the way because it is the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. My friends, lean into a royalty consciousness. You know, it is possible to hear messages on prosperity. And you can begin to realize that's true. But there can still be blockers if you don't have a royalty mentality. Because there are some, they have, it seems like they're stuck perpetually in a used car Mentality. Now, I know the moment you drive a new car off the parking lot, it's technically, in a sense, now used. But there are some people, it's like everything has to be used. They can't buy new clothes. They have to go to the Goodwill and, wore, and, and buy clothes that somebody has previously worn for 12 years. And everything has to be used. Use this, use that. It's almost like they are allergic to new. But I read in the Bible that God says, I will do a new thing. Forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. Praise God. So when God wants to take you into the new, such as a new home, a new house, maybe even a new car or whatever it might be, new pair of shoes, let him take you there. But you can't go there with, with, without a royalty consciousness. And that blocks it for many people. They do not see themselves as royalty. And I'm not saying you have to go out and wear, you know, super fancy slippers or something like that. I'm not talking about trying to go beyond where God has you at right now. You don't want to do that. That's foolishness. But you do need to have a mindset that you are God's child. You are the king's kid. Praise God. And you are believing God for the very best where you're at. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So move up to the realm mentally of the royal realm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Walk in humility, walk in sweetness, walk in love, but also walk in royalty. And when you do, you know that your days of begging are over. There, there's no king anywhere that's going to go around begging. Now, I know a lot of politicians do a lot of begging. They go behind the scenes begging donors to give them money and, you know, uh, uh, you know, cozying up the people because they're wanting this or that. But, and, and let me say this. When Jesus does come back and he establishes his earthly kingdom and he rules and reigns over the whole planet for a thousand years, the days of corrupt politicians is finally finished and over. It's over. No more uh, uh sneaky politicians taking bribes behind the scenes, being bought out by special interest groups. That stuff is finished. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Now now we know a lot of that stuff goes on. Not all of them, bow of that, but many many of them do. Not just in America, but all over the world. But my friends, when you have a royalty consciousness and you know that Jesus is the king of kings, he's the king over your life, you don't have to go around bowing down, making yourself look like some kind of a doormat. And now maybe you got what you wanted, but they have no respect for you. They have no respect for you because you, you've lost dignity because you're willing to play all those uh, humiliating games to get something. No king does something like that. You don't act like that as a king. You have honor. You have dignity. Now you have humility, but you're not, you're not going to grovel for anybody. Praise God. Mm-mm. God's putting a backbone in somebody right now, putting a backbone in somebody right now. All you have to do is go around apologizing all the time. Apologizing this, apologizing that, that, that is a spirit that's in the culture right now. And while you want to be sweet, um, there's also a part in Christ where Kings don't have to go around doing stuff like that. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. When you have that kingly anointing flowing, it does change the way you act. Uh, You don't lose your composure. You don't just fly off the handle and start expressing your feelings all over the place. Why? Because kings don't do that. Have you ever seen one do it? They don't do that. They behave differently. Praise the Lord. A king does not lose control emotionally might get a little worked up, but don't, doesn't lose control. Keeps that governed. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I was, I was in a store one time. I think it was like, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a clothing store. And my wife and I were getting a few things and our youngest daughter, she was with us. And, um, uh, it, w- it happened to be one of those days she was very impatient. She was very young. And uh, this was about, I think this was the year maybe 2000, and if I'm correct, like 2008. And, uh, and so we were in the store, and uh, she was just kind of acting up. And for whatever reason, it was bugging me. And uh, I said, now, please behave. Well, you know, she's grabbing all these things and stuff like that. You know, we'll be out here real soon. Please behave. And she just kept getting more and more worked up. And I felt that thing where I started to get kind of frustrated. And then I felt the Holy Spirit minister to me and say, stay in the royal flow. Stay, just stay in that and just talk with her, you know, whatever she's having, whatever, but just, just stay in the royal flow. And I just kind of like pulled it all back together and stayed in the royal flow. And right when I did that, a lady popped up over like, uh, there was like a wall, because there's, you know, it's a wall then, there's stuff for sale on this side of the wall, and on the other side, the wall's like six feet high, there's stuff for sale over there too, where she leaned up over the wall, and she said, here's Stephen Brooks. And I said, yes, I am. She said, you wrote the book, Working with Angels. And I said, I did, yes. And she began to quote back to me all the chapters in the book, What was in many of the chapters, she said, I've read your whole book. I I love your book. And she starts, and she's talking real loud. People all over can hear. And I'm just standing there. and And all I'm thinking is one thing. I'm glad I didn't get upset and lose control. Can you imagine me getting real flustered and red and losing control? And right at that moment, she pops up over and says, here's Stephen Brooks she goes, oh, oh, I guess she would have said, I guess I caught you at a bad time. I guess you're not really like that guy on TV. Uh, uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> it doesn't mean that preachers are perfect because we're not. But there, there's, a, there's a place God wants you to stay in. And that, and that place, the enemy in very strategic and timely ways will try to pull you out of it. At certain moments, will try to pull you out of that. Why? To embarrass you. But the Holy Spirit, who is the source of the anointing, will keep you in it every single day if you'll walk close to God. He'll keep you in that flow. He'll keep you in that understanding of your true identity. And He'll hold you in it. And He won't let you come out of it as long as you walk with Him and yield to Him. Praise God. Now lift your hands. Lift your hands. Somebody's thinking, oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I just recently did something that was very unkingly. <laughs> there's grace. There's there's um there's uh room for repentance. Amen. But we want to go on and get it right. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray that this kingly anointing, which is very, very real, I pray that. It flow into the minds and understandings of your people. Please lift your hands. I pray it touch their minds, their understandings right now. Right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm -mm. The Holy Spirit's going to begin the work in very unusual ways. See, I can't. I can't walk up here and stand before you in an old wore-out t-shirt with holes in it. I can't, I, I can't do that. Why? There's a kingly anointing that won't that won't let me do that. I represent the King of Kings. Hallelujah. No, I don't wear a suit when I work in the garden, but if I'm going to minister in the anointing, yes, I, I, I know who I represent. Praise the Lord. I don't want to go around with all wore out old clothes and hair all messed up and looking all, you know, defeated. Why? Because kings don't do that. And you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will begin to pull out slack from your life because there are certain things that kings don't do. So let him work with you. Let him work with your mind. That's the primary area he's going to begin to work with. Praise God. Kings don't say, I can't afford that. I'm just a poor fella." You know I can't afford that. Even if you can't afford it, don't say that. Don't confess that. Why? Because kings don't do that. Praise the Lord. Oh, I I, I don't deserve that. I don't, I I couldn't wear that. Why not? A king could. Praise the Lord. You you do know they gambled for Jesus' clothing, the outer garment. They gambled it for it. Well, Pastor Tim, he was an old, poor preacher, old, barefoot, poor preacher. Uh, no, nobody gambles for a poor man's clothes. It was a, a garment that was woven. It was one piece. It was very expensive. That's why they wanted it and gambled for it. Praise the Lord. Praise God, Father. Let the kingly, royal anointing touch your people's minds. The anointing, the anointing is the seal. Of their enthronement, let them reign in their calling. Let them reign in the assignment that you have for them. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, kings know what to do. A king doesn't run around frazzled and confused saying, we don't know what to do. What do we do? What do we? They don't do that. They don't do that. Even if they don't, in a sense, know exactly the next move, they maintain that composure and that coolness. I'm telling you, God is really developing some of you right now. Some of you have been a little bit hesitant about leadership, but God has it in your destiny and he's bringing you into it. Praise God. Let the Holy Spirit work with you in this area of the oil touching your mind. That's the seal of your enthronement. Praise God. Kings cannot govern without it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for fresh oil, the oil touching the understanding of the mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God forever. If you're watching this program, perhaps just out of curiosity, or maybe you've been watching for quite some time, But you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Make him your king right now. Turn from your sin and give your life to him right now. And if you used to be a Christian, but you have fallen away and your life is not right with God, you need to pray this prayer also. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I want you to be my king. So Jesus, I repent of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Wash all of my sin away. And Jesus, write my name in your book of life. I give my heart to you completely. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen, and amen. Woo, praise God. Jesus heard your prayer. He heard your words. He has saved you. You are now ready for heaven. Now you must live your life for him every day and stay close to him. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion. I want you to grab some grape juice, and I want you to grab a little wafer, a piece of bread. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are your children. We are Christians. And we thank you, Father, that because of that, we can receive holy communion. So, Father, right now, through this prayer, we bless the bread and the juice, and we set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, We thank you for strength, and we thank you for an understanding that we are your children, and that we are called to the throne. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that your kings reign by wisdom, and the anointing touching our minds, causing us to act in wisdom, and causing us to act in royalty. Father, let there be a royalty mentality within our thinking. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Together we say, Amen. Praise God. Let's receive. Pastor Stephen, I have have an old used car. What should I do to have a kingly mentality? Wash it vacuum it, clean it, make the best presentation with what you have. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't need Gucci clothing or an Armani suit to make a nice presentation. Praise the Lord. Work with what you have. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its mighty cleansing power, Father. Forgive us for any times where we have had wrong mentalities, and we've expressed those uh, those thought patterns through acts and behaviors that were more like what Solomon talked about in Ecclesiastes, where everything's out of order, and kings and princes are doing things that are uh, very low while those that are impoverished are actually doing things that are higher. Father, we thank you that we are called to be the head and not to tell. All for your glory. Father, we receive by faith our redemptive rights, and we choose to walk in them in faith. We now receive the blood of Jesus and His mighty cleansing power. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. There's somebody, you came back to the Lord today, and you used to be a real drifter, but that's not going to happen anymore. You have made a firm commitment to serve the Lord today, and the Lord wants you to know He's got you, and He's going to hold you. And the drifting is gone. Amen. Now, stay close to the Lord. You're going all the way with the Lord to heaven. Praise God. You're back, and you're in the house of God, never to depart ever again. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for being very prayerful about sowing a sacrificial offering, breaking the alabaster jar and releasing the precious content into the ministry to help us pay off the debt on the field of dreams. Amen. I'll be praying for you. I'll be looking for your seed. Thank you so much. May God richly bless you. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.